Welcome, 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 welcome back to War Room. Oh, I'm so glad that you joined me today. And this message on my heart has been really cooking up. And I thank God that I think it blessed me before I even get a preacher to you. So anyway, this is just to help you know how you can deal with the facts of life. So if you're going to give a title, it's called How to Deal with the Facts of Life. Okay. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Holy Spirit, we ask you to be our great teacher. We thank you now for just helping us to understand your word, to rightly divide your word. Oh, and Father, we thank you that our hearts, we're here with our hearts, not with our head. And Father, that your word will just, just soak into us and that we'll have more and more desire of your word. We thank you for your faithfulness in that in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bible, I do want you to turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Just hold your place there. But prior to that, I need to give you some information. So if you want to write things down, this is a good time to get your paper and your pen and just start writing things down. Because this is a very good information that I got from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, this will bless you as, as much as it's blessed me. Facts of life. What is facts? Facts are real. They are real life situation. Jesus dealt with some facts in his uh, time here on earth. And if you define the word facts, it is some information as having some reality. It's information that having some reality. Now, facts are different from true. We all will come through some facts of life, okay? There, there can be bad facts and there can be good facts. Good facts, like today, it's nice and cool, 69, 68, 69 degrees outside. It's beautiful. The leaves are changing. Everything just looks marvelous, right? But you see, that's just facts. The truth is, it's going to get cold. Before we know, it's going to get cold, <laughs> So facts just tell you information that sometimes can be uh, true. True is, on the other hand, telling you the difference between truth and fact. True is telling you the real thing, the real information about the problem. Facts just telling you some information that might be true. Okay. So, but you see, truth can change facts, right? A good example would be your car is empty for gas. That's a fact. The truth is, if you take your car to the to the filling station, you put gas in there, your car will start running again. That is the truth. Your car being empty is a fact. It doesn't necessarily mean your car is not capable of taking gas. It is capable of taking gas. It is made, the tank is big to hold gas. So if I tell you your, your, your car is empty, that doesn't mean you can't put gas in there. The truth is, if I take it to the filling station, I can put gas in it. Right? So that's the truth. The truth is your tank is made to hold gas. The facts is just telling you some information. That's a general information. Now, most of the time, the devil uses facts to kind of trip us off and think that this fast has to be the deadline, has to be the, the final say because somebody said, give you some facts. No. Jesus dealt with some. Okay, facts. Truth can change facts. Uh, yes. So let's look at some basis. Facts that are based on the word of God are true, right? Facts, facts never stays the same. Facts can be changed. They can change the same way the weather changed, the same way the season changed. Facts can change. You see, truth doesn't change. The truth, the, the word of God said the word of God is true. John 17, 17 said the word of God is true. Right? Nothing 
John 17, 17 said, your word is true. And, and he also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. So truth remains the same. Fast can change. Okay, now let's look at, now the way how facts change though, let me just say something about that. The way how facts change, you have to apply the truth to change the facts. I'm going to say that again because it's worth saying you have to take the truth and apply it to facts to cause facts to change. And that's what most of us don't know how to do. We just take the facts and we try to deny the facts. And denying the facts is not faith. It's presumption. It's foolishness. We don't, we don't deny what's happening in our body, in our bank account. But we take the word of God, which is true, and we apply it. And that's what we're going to learn today. Because God wants you to live a victorious life. He paid so much on the cross for you and me. For us to be living a defeated life here on earth. Amen. So when you look at, uh, when, when, when you go back to uh, Mark 11, like I said, let's go to Mark 11. If you look at Mark 11, uh, Mark 11, 12, talking about the scenario about the, the fig tree. So Jesus was on his way, Mark 11, 12. Where is Mark 11, 12? Okay, Mark 11, 12. On the next day, when they were returned from Bethany, he was, uh, Jesus was hungry now, talking about Jesus, seeing the afar of a fig tree with leaves. Now, in those days where the fig tree has leaves, that means there's some fruit on it to eat, right? It might not be abundant of fruit, but there will be some fruit to eat. He went to see if perhaps he might find something to eat. So obviously he went to see if he can find something to eat because usually when the tree those days have those kind of leaves, we, we're going to be expecting some fruit. I mean, now overloading fruit, but they're going to be fruit. So he went to find something to eat. And then he went there. He didn't find anything. He didn't find anything. So what did he do? He did something that we need to be doing. He spoke to the tree. He, the word of God said he answered the tree. When he came to it and found nothing except leaves, <laughs> it was not by the season. Jesus said to the fruit, he said to the tree, no one will eat you, eat of your fruit today anymore. Right? So how did he deal with that, with that fact? He didn't want a vegetable salad today. He wanted fruit. He didn't get fruit. So he dealt with it one way. He talked to it. He didn't sit down and pray about it. He didn't sit down and cry about it. He didn't sit down and, and call the whole everybody. Come on, y'all come on. Let Terry all night and talk. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't sit down on the curb and say, oh my goodness, disciple. I don't know what's going on with this tree. No, he spoke to the tree and told the tree what's going to happen. The tree has to obey Facts have to change. That fact that a tree didn't produce fruit, that truth that he said to the tree changed the fact. The next day, the tree was no more. Okay, that's number one. Now, if you if you also go to Mark chapter 5, let's go back a few chapters. What am I trying to establish with you today? I am trying to establish that when you know how to deal with the facts of life, your life will be a whole lot easier because you have authority. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He gave you all his, his authority. So when the enemy is trying to trip you up, you know how to handle the facts of life. You don't need to worry because when facts come, you don't need to be afraid because Jesus already given you the authority to deal with the facts of life. But we, most of the time, we so are earthly minded until we don't think right. 
to know how to apply the word of God. But we love the Lord. We love him so much. And we think in his sincerity, you know, like he's sovereign. <laughs> God, you're so sovereign. You can do this. Yeah, he is very sovereign. But he's not going to, he's not going to do two things though. He's not going to do what he tells you to do. Right? If he says, speak to the tree, he says, speak. And he's not going to do what he already done. He already defeated the devil on the cross. He's not going to go and renew himself on the cross to do it again. So if you're thinking he's going to rewrite the Bible, no, he's not going to do those two things. He's not going to answer those two prayers. Oh Lord, please take the devil off my back. He's not going to do that. You stand up and face the devil and say, get deep behind me. And most of the time, it's not even have the devil kiss. It's most of the time, it's our flesh and our own renewed mind that tripping us up. You see, so we with our own renewed mind, we don't know how to deal with the, the facts of life when they show up. You know, I'm way ahead of myself. But look at what Jairus did. Jairus, if you look at chapter 5, Luke, uh, not Luke, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Let's go there. Verse 21, and when Jesus, verse 21 says, when Jesus had crossed again by boat to the other side, many people gathered to him, gathered to him, excuse me. And he was beside the sea. One of the rulers of the synagogues named Jairus said, Lord, or Jesus, saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and honestly asked him, my little daughter is laying at the point of death. I ask you, come and lay your hands on her so that she may live. Hold your place right there. He says something to Jesus. Come and lay your hands on her and she will live. This is Jairus' way of dealing with the crisis of life that in his life. He said, come. You lay your hands on my child, she will live. She's not going to die. So in the process of time, Jesus is sure. Oh, come on. No problem. But in the process of time... Jesus got to deal with the lady with the issue of blood and, and on and on. And she did testifying how God good it is and, and all of that. And you know, Jairus is saying, oh gosh, please hurry up my daughter, my daughter. In the midst of that, when you look at verse 35. Verse 35 says, while he was still speaking, some came from the house of the synagogue ruler and said, your daughter is what? Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master anymore? Why trouble the teacher anymore? So now for his daughter being sick, aha, his daughter now is dead. Even bigger facts. I mean, that's, that's, that's the end of the rule. She's dead. Don't bother the master anymore. Listen to what verse 36 said. As soon, as soon, as soon as Jesus did what? Heard the word that was spoken. As soon as he heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the stunning God, he had to do something. He had to handle that facts. He said, do not be afraid. Well, Lord, what you call do not be afraid? You wasted all this time. My daughter is now dead. But Jesus looked him square in the eyes and said, hey, look at me. My own translation, don't be afraid. Only believe. Huh? Only believe. In his mind, he said, believe what? Believe what? What am I only believing? 
If you go back to what Jairus told Jesus in 35, I ask you to come and lay your hands on my daughter and she will live. Jesus didn't say that. Jairus said that. Jairus said, if you come and lay your hands on my daughter, she will live. When the situation got ready at the peak, when all hell broke loose on Jairus that day, Jesus looked him square in the eyeball and said, hey, don't fear. Only believe. Believe what you said. That when I lay my hands on her, she will live. Most of the time, we got life situation right in our faces. Right in our face. I mean, there's nowhere to. You can't even take a breath and it's just pounding on you. You're like, Lord, help me. And he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe what you say will happen, I will do it. You know, just believe that. Just believe that. You know, most of the time we say, oh, Lord, help me. What am I doing? Let me tell you what happens when facts comes to you. Facts comes. When facts comes, they bring three things. They bring the three best friends. Write it down. Facts will bring fear. And that's where Jesus addressed fear first. He said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Because when you allow fear to come in, then, then doubt come. And then really the big brother comes unbelief. You see, fear is the anxiety, it's a panic. Oh, Lord, why me? This is happening to me. Lord, why me? And you got a little frown on your face and I've been there. I'm not, I'm not pushing to you. I'm pushing to myself. Why me? And you cry and you look around, you cry and you sniffle. And all you see is the big crocodile tears coming down your face. Why me? And the Lord is saying, excuse me? Facts of life. What did I say? You're coming out. Believe what you say, right? Believe what you say. So when fear comes, then doubt comes. You know, most of the time, we don't have problem knowing that God can do everything, that God is bigger than all, that he can accomplish everything. We have a problem of believing, can God do it for me? Am I worthy enough? Can he move the mountains for me? Can he move heaven and earth for me? <laughs> oh, yes. The answer is yes. He can move heaven and earth for you. And he will do it again if he have to do it again. But you have to believe though. You have to believe and you cannot allow fear, doubt, and unbelief to come and suffocate the word of God out of you. Let me tell you something what we always do. We say, we world of faith people, we say, oh yeah, we're going to just speak the word of God over us. And that's good and grand. But you denying the fact that something is happening in your life, that's not faith. For example, you got a pounding headache that doesn't want to go away. And you say, I don't have headache. I don't have headache. That's not how you apply the word of God to facts. That is not how you do it. You, that's not how you do it. Let me give you an example. You pull a water on the pot for it to, your ticket on the pot for it to boil you some water. Right? Apply heat to the water. That water does not stand a chance not to boil. That water being on the stove with heat on it, the molecule will break down and that water will boil. It will, that water will get to a hot temperature of 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Celsius and it will boil. From the time you put the water, you put the heat on the water, 
You gotta wait, leave, leave the heat under the water so that the water get to a setting temperature and change in molecules. But most of the time we apply the word of God, which is the heat to the facts, which is the water. And then we don't let it sit there long enough. We don't let it get, get the molecules rolling around long enough. By the time it turns lukewarm, we're like, what's the result? What's the result? We're running all over the place. We don't know how to calm down. Let the word of God continually be applied to the situation. Apply it, apply it. And when you look, that situation has to change. It does not have a choice. Just like the water has to boil. When you apply heat to that water, the molecule breaks down and it changes the temperature of that water, causes it to boil. Your situation has to change. Your facts of life have to change. When you apply the word of God and refuse to apply anything else but the word of God. Well, you say, how do I do that? You apply the word of God by saying, okay. I got a headache right now, but Father, according to your word, you said that I am healed by your stripes. And I believe I'm healed. I applied my hands on my head and I said, head, be quiet in Jesus' name. You are going to receive your healing. I thank you, Lord. I receive my healing. And you be like, is that it? Oh, yeah, because remember what Mark eleven twenty four said, when you pray, believe, you receive, and you shall have. Believe you receive, you got to receive with your heart. That's a spiritual part. And then you shall have, it's a physical part. Then you get a manifestation. And if the hell it persists, you kept saying, Lord, then after that, you kept saying, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. If you need to take a Tylenol or two, that's okay. I'm not criticizing doctor. I'm a nurse. At least that's what I do part-time. I'm not criticizing the doctor and the nurses. They're all, the doctor and, and, and the nurses are all working with God to get you healed. Huh? To cause you to be peaceful on the earth. So you can't condemn the doctor. When the doctor says you got high blood pressure, don't take it off on him. He doesn't give you high blood pressure. He's just telling you facts. You know how to apply the word of God to facts. You apply the word of God when the banker say you don't have enough money in your bank and you're overdrawn. Don't blame the banker. They're just telling you the facts. You just stand on that word and say, Lord, I thank you that all my needs are supplied in Jesus' name. And I receive my, my, my supply, my needs met. And then you call yourself, and then you act rich. Bless the Lord. You act like you are redeemed. You act like you are healed. You act, don't pull a sackcloth on your face and, and eat dry rice and, and announce to the whole crowd. No, nobody else needs to know what's going on in your house. But you need to, now if the Lord leads you and say, go get this sister so you can agree together, please, please do that. Because the leading of the Holy Spirit is always a hundred times better. Right, and you just stick your nose on the word of God, you keep thinking here, you keep rejoicing, you keep expecting. If your expectation is low, that means your faith is low, your faith level is low. You want to know how, how, how you know that you're in faith and you and you're dealing with the fact of life and you're in faith. What's your joy level? Are you excited? Are you expecting? What's your expectation? You pray and you say, Lord, I thank you for the headache, but then you're wondering, Oh my gosh, I know tomorrow I'm not going to be able to go to work because I have this headache. No. You say, Lord, I thank you that it's going to go away. I thank you that it's making a way out. That's how you apply the word of God to the facts of life. And you don't take it off the stove. 
You keep putting it there. You keep applying it. You know, ways to deal with facts. That's exactly what it is. You get the word of God on the inside of you. Because I said it so many times. But you take that word and you say, Lord, I thank you because your word is true. And I'm going to apply it to my life, to my situation, toward the facts that appears in my life. Amen. Don't deny what's going on in your life. Take it and apply the word of God to it and it has to change. Just as the scenario I gave you with the water and the heat. Keep it on the stove. It has to change. If it doesn't change, then God is a liar. And he's not a man that he should lie. Amen. We love you. We love you so much. We pray for you all the time. In our daily devotion, we try to pray for you. We just say, Lord, we, we bring all our partners to you. We just plead the blood of Jesus over them. We actually give them wisdom and prosperity. We pray for our partners. But I really want to put my heart out today and say, you know something? This is something that I live. This is... This is what I have in my heart because if you know how much God loves you, you love him more and you learn how to walk with him and just pour out your heart to him because he wants the best for you and he wants to show you how to deal with life, circumstances and the facts of life. We love you. We're going to see you back here again. Today, we want you to encourage you to walk with God, love God and know God for yourself.